What's Appalachian? And there, there's been a huge amount of change. Yeah. Um, and I think that's visible to everyone that lives in this community. And it's because of a lot of different people. Yeah. It's not just the, the small businesses that have opened up. It's the people who go to those businesses and support them. Yeah. And welcome back, everybody, to What's Appalachian. This is Gabe Roush with Cody Greathouse, and we're stoked to have you guys with us here this evening. Um, we've got a heck of a episode lined up today. And, oh uh, man! Like I'm, we've been really excited about this since we yeah. met up with our uh, our next guest and everything. But um, uh, you know what, bud? I think we'll start out with our favorite segment. What are you drinking to? Man, something that's very near and dear to my heart. Oh yeah, it's really all West Virginians and Appalachians. Um, so earlier this week, um, or this past week, um, I saw an article in the Charleston Mail or the Charleston Gazette Mail. Um, apparently, three AEP power plants, American Electric Power Company power plants, um, are going to be improving their ash handling systems. Um, so if anybody knows what the ash ponds are, that's essentially after they burn the coal, <laughs> yeah, and then just the ash they take out through these landfills, ponds, and they kind of dispose of. Um, that has shown hazardous effects on health on groundwater yep. for local residents and stuff. So, um, of the three power plants the AEP is going to be uh, doing this for is Mountaineer Power Plant. So that's on the northern end of our county. So I'm I'm happy for residents within our our county and the, yeah. the residents that are near yeah. the other power plants here in West Virginia. I think it was John Amos and then Mitchell Power Plant. Yeah. So um, that's I mean from an environmental standpoint that's a big win. It is. Um, from having better quality drinking water for residents, yeah. th those who still utilize well water, that's a big win. Definitely. And I think, man, that's, Dude, that's, that's, that's a good one to drink to. to. You mean to tell me West Virginia, they, they burn coal and, and, and just bury it in our land? Ah, yeah. The, the coal companies, they'll acquire or purchase like larger swaths of land. Like, have you ever heard of ash pits up in the Bend area? Yeah. So... Yeah, they'll, I mean, and then it's the same thing over the, just across the river in Gallia, how um, Gavin Power Plant, yeah. they dispose of theirs. Um, they just have a certain type of landfill system that they truck the uh, the ash from the, the spent ash um, and just kind of layer it up and cover it up hmm. um, prior to that. Or if they have the ash ponds, yeah. it's literally they just layer the ash down in these wet ponds. Dang. They're that are on their property, but it can affect groundwater just from Almost definitely. normal runoff. Yeah. Um, that, that ash is supposed to be a potential carcinogen. No. -uh. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. But no, no, but I mean, and not knocking the power industry or anything. No, like that, because mean, that does, it, it does keep the lights it on. Does. It is a big part of our local economy. But you know what? Getting things up to standard to yeah. treat, to down treat with the it. folks that live around it better. It's better than nothing. Yeah, Better I'll take that as a win. I'll take it as a win. What about you, man? What are you drinking uh, to? I think I'm going to drink to, um, you know, I think I'm going to drink to small business, man. Yeah? I'm going to drink to small business moving into small towns. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, um, you know, people are moving in to, to take a chance on the community they move into. And I feel like that's what people have been doing here in Point Fault. And Point Pleasant for us. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I feel like they've, you, know, you guys heard and, and you guys will hear here uh, coming up and later in the segment of, you know, two wonderful, wonderful ladies 
and good friends of mine that have taken a risk in a small community and mm-hmm. um, have really turned it into something big for other other small business owners. Um, and that's something I want to drink to. I feel like um, our main street has has grown, and you know, for those of you that have never been through Point Pleasant, there probably ten years ago, Point Pleasant was kind of a ghost town in terms of Main Street, you know. Yeah, it was, uh, was run down. Yeah, it, it was, wasn't a lot happening. No. Um, and people have, you know, stepped out of the woodwork and, and have uh, have turned that around. So here's a cheers to small business. And you know what? I feel like that's a lot of small towns, at least in our area. Yeah. I mean, Galpolis, for instance. I, I feel like their town, town, their central Main Street, what, what would be Main Street for right. them. There's been a lot of improvement there in the past there has. five, six, seven, eight there years. There has. Um, look at Hurricane. Hurricane's doing well yep. with their small business. Push yep. Pomeroy, Ohio. Yep. I mean that they've grown tremendously up up towards the Bend area. Yeah, I think so. It's not just unique to even Point Pleasant. No, like, I, I, think I think small business is growing. Yeah, yeah, I think small business is growing, and and it started as this niche thing, and now it's starting to actually become a little mainstream in terms of. Um, you know, small mom and pop shops and yeah. bakeries and whatnot. Yeah. So that's. Uh, I think that leads kind of pretty well into to our first guest, or our guest this evening, yeah. Kelsey. Um, so we've been really excited to speak with her about her endeavor with Silver Market Company. So uh, here we go. Well, Kelsey, thanks for joining us tonight. Kind of short notice uh, since you were just out in Cali and whatnot. So really appreciate appreciate you making the time to over have a couple bushes and and talk with us thanks for having me i have one real question before we get into this does california know how to party does west virginia know how to party party. yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so um we'll get started (laughs) off with the banter um so we wanted to bring you on because we knew that you've been involved with the community um you've been involved with a lot of small business essentially um, and small business ownership wasn't really your trade coming out of college and stuff like that. And we really wanted to kind of pick your brain and, and just learn a little bit more of how you got to where you are right now with your small business and everything. So um, how did Silver Market Company really come to be? Um, I think I got, one, I got lucky, um, just a good place and time. And um, so basically after grad school, uh, there was, I, I started making products for myself, like soaps and bath bombs and things that were more, I guess, naturally derived, just using basic raw ingredients. Um, I was becoming, or was already pretty like environmentally conscience, conscientious at that, that time. And so coming back to Point Pleasant, you don't have a large variety of, you know, places to shop at for um, skincare in mm-hmm. particular, um, especially a, a broad range to choose from. So I basically just started making things for myself and then Christmas time came around and I passed them out as gifts to friends and family members and people kept asking for them after the holidays. And so that's pretty much how Silver Market came to be. <clears throat> so it wasn't I always thought about business. Um, I loved the idea of having my own business, but I didn't know anyone that was a business owner. I didn't come from any background. Like my education is not in business. Um, and so this was basically like this 
you know, me accidentally falling into something that other people around here were appreciating and um, were obviously having similar issues to me. One, finding products that either fit their lifestyle or basically are compatible with their skincare needs. Mm -hmm. Um, And growing up around here, I think us, our age, we all grew up, you know, together, Gabe Mm -hmm. and I especially going to the same school. Like, we grew up we grew up in the post coal economy. So I don't remember a lot of small businesses in our towns. Like I remember when Walmart moved in and the one little supermarket we had in New Haven, like moved out, you know, immediately. Yeah. We had radio shack and this little supermarket, but I, I don't remember a lot of small businesses growing up and it's, I met Nick first off and Nick is an attorney here in West Virginia. So we're, pretty much confined to West Virginia. So when I met him, I realized like if I'm going to stay here when I basically had to completely like rearrange all of my plans and what am I going to do with the rest of my life if I'm going to decide to stay in Appalachia? Mm -hmm. Because essentially like growing up for me, I was a very artistic kid. The things that I were interested in, you know, were the things that people either told me, look, it's not a possibility here or Mm -hmm. you're just going to grow up poor if this is where you decide to stay. Right. And I never wanted to stay in Appalachia. I never wanted to be here. It wasn't until I met Nick that, you know, I thought, okay, well, if this is the choice that I'm going to make, I might as well make the best of it. And I think that's the great thing about our community is you have a lot of people here who, like Ashley said last week, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Mm -hmm. Um, So being back in Point Pleasant, I'm like, wait... The, the coal industry is, you know, such a dominant part of yeah. our life, like everyone who is, is from here. But as a female, like there was never any role in that industry for me anyhow. Right. Yeah. So all my life I've been, you know, struggling with the idea of what am I going to do, especially if I'm going to stay here. And um, so I went, you know, through all of this schooling and ended up kind of like on a, uh, my background is in sociology. Um but I was doing a lot of like criminology related work. Um, and so now that I have fallen into skincare, it's a totally different path and one that I'm still working at every day. I yeah. feel like I'm mm-hmm. learning a whole new trade um, yeah. while trying to start. And I think that's how a lot of small businesses are. You mm-hmm. kind of fall into something or you have a passion for something. And so you're basically learning it and working it all at the same time. But Silver Market, I literally, guys, I I um, was, like, setting up a, at the Farmer's Market in New Haven. Yeah. There were, like, three of us down there, mm-hmm. and I wasn't selling food. So, you know, it was literally, like, what do they do with me? Yeah. Like, yeah. They, they literally were, like, maybe we should push her to the other end of this this field. And yeah. I'm, like, there's three of us here. <laughs> yeah. It's me, yeah. an Amish family, and I think uh, – who is I can't think of the the name of the meat uh, the meat place right now it's um I can't think of it but anyways so it, it literally started as a roadside stand and people would uh, welcome me into their homes like mm-hmm. you know we would have like little Tupperware parties but they yeah. were silver market your, parties your yeah. that's awesome and the name silver market coat was you know the business started out very organically where I made things as gifts for people. They started requesting more. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, well, maybe I should just start branding this. Like if I'm, 
if people are asking for more and I'm going to sell this, I should start branding it. Right. So I never actually thought that Silver Market would just stick. Mm -hmm. I was at this, you know, point in my life where I was, you know, in this job that should have been a dream job for me coming out of grad school. Um, I was devastated by it. Like, was not the atmosphere I was looking for. Wow. Um, I was working in, I was a research analyst and was dealing with all of West Virginia's prison um, population data and, mm -hmm. and basically working uh, with the different policies in West Virginia, comparing like the efficacy, like do these right. work. Mm -hmm. And it just got to a certain point where it's like, there's, we're never going to know if anything works because governors will come to you and just say, hey, I just want colorful charts. Like no one really cares about yeah if things are really working or right. if they're not working, they just want to know if it's going to improve their In a state like ours, position. that's how things are? Yeah. Sarcasm. Yeah, definitely. Uh -uh. So the, <laughs> I was actually in a, in a work environment where they're producing really great quality evidence-based work, but I was quickly seeing that like this is not where change is going yeah. to be made because mm -hmm. the people who are actually, my job was to, you know, create research and, and propose something that explains the data as we see it coming in in relation to the policies right. that are made in West Virginia. You yeah. Know? yeah. Are they helpful with recidivism rates? Are they not? Like, in, in with West Virginia, when you have a, a state that's dealing with poverty on a level like we do, then you see a lot of crime Definitely. and things mm -hmm. associated with that. Um, so I think for me and in, in my background with sociology and the things that I studied in school, I was mostly interested in economic development and diversification through mm -hmm. our state. And this skincare thing just happened to be something where there's, it's so multifaceted, like it's got this environmental aspect to yeah. it, the community aspect, the social, you know, all of these things that I'm really interested in. Um, so, you know, now with agriculture and stuff like that, we use raw ingredients. Right, and now yeah. I get to start working awesome. with farmers here in West Virginia to produce mm -hmm. like our own oils and hydrazoles and, and that's, that's something that I, I never anticipated would be a possibility right. when I first started. It was just this on the whim kind of thing, people demanding more and more. And so I, I feel like I've been running, trying to keep up with it, but mm -hmm. do it in a way where, okay, this business is, is viable and I want to see it be sustainable and be here for a long time. Right. So it's a slow burn. It's been mm -hmm. a, a very slow process and a very long drawn out process, but like the, the feedback from the community and and just you know working with the different businesses downtown has been yeah incredible and but your businesses spread way beyond point pleasant there <clears throat> like you you yeah. distribute to all across west virginia essentially and then yeah. into other states correct yeah. yeah we're in like 55 different locations from like massachusetts to georgia 55 locations with you and how many employees it's just me and one other uh, girl. Yeah. That's just where you distribute yes. to. Yes, yeah. So yeah. right now, um, so every business is different. And um, and I think the location, like where you decide to start a business is going to have a huge impact on how that business is ran and what you can do with it. Yeah. So when Silver Market first started out, I started in a in a 10 by 10 tiny kitchen. Yeah. My kitchen at home, um, you know, it's like, that cliche of of these businesses that are started in your yeah. garage or whatever yeah. that's yeah. literally what this was was in my kitchen well it grew and it grew and it became one of those things where obviously it was 
it, it was a good idea. There were a lot of people interested in it. We had a lot of return customers, but I outgrew. Like you can't run a business in your home forever, especially right. not yeah. not manufacturing and um, especially if you're growing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and so we started looking into buildings downtown. There's hmm. nothing available mm-hmm. because yeah. I need it's like a commercial kitchen like yeah. we're manufacturing things so it's you know the electrical stuff is an issue the drainage is an issue and so looking at these buildings downtown there it's like if you don't have three hundred thousand dollars to pump into these old buildings like there's no way exactly. it's going to be viable yeah so i um <clears throat> i bought a house right here down the street um for like thirty two thousand dollars and started manufacturing in it, yeah. which was this huge like ordeal because it's a residential location. You know, I'm operating a business out of there, yeah. mm-hmm. um, so it's a big ordeal with like insurance, and I can't sell retail out of it because it's right. a, it's a residential. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So basically, <clears throat> I was restricted and, and still am restricted to wholesale mm-hmm. um, or selling through places like uh, Counterpoint, which is consignment, yeah. or reach or, or online. Yeah. So um, that, for me, like, but, but that that was a big help for me as mm-hmm. well. Like, I, it sounds like a, a limitation, but um, it one right now especially with coronavirus like i had to figure out all of my online stuff like two years ago you know so i've been set up and ready for it and with appalachia like i think people often hear you can't do that there's not enough people here that would be interested in this or that but with the skincare products you can easily ship them um it's something that you can sell online and so that was something that appealed to me and has made a big impact on this business because starting out we didn't sell to a whole lot of people in west virginia like our clientele was you know people from out west Mm -hmm. um and so now it's starting to kind of pick up traction here but it's yeah so we're getting ready to move out of this place now and into a building downtown right yeah i'm I'm really excited about that i am space i am too um, I, I think it's interesting, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, shipping and, and dealing with people out west and things like that. How, how does that, um, how did that clientele come to be? I mean, how do you make those connections from, you know, where you're distributing from Massachusetts to Georgia to maybe California to, you know, wherever across yeah. the United States? <clears throat> Social media uh, played a big role in, yeah. mm-hmm. in my outreach because I don't pay for advertising it's just not in the budget i wish i wish i could but for us we did a lot of um instagram Mm -hmm. facebook and also etsy is where we still continue to sell so basically if you get on etsy there's already a large group of people who are interested in in like handmade items Mm -hmm. like handcrafted items Mm -hmm. so um that's like the the big niche that you know i was involved in and got started in back in like 2016 and so being here in west virginia my prices are incredibly competitive because people here can't afford the high prices of the natural skincare yeah um so i think a lot of people out west were not were finding me through like the prices that Mm -hmm. i have online more so than social media right but now being back home, it's all word of mouth. Like if, yeah. if someone loves a product, they're going to tell their sister, their mm-hmm. mother, their friend. Yeah. 
and that's like and it, and it creates such a loyal following too because if people love the product they're going to share it you're and right yeah working in skincare if you make the wrong um suggestion or if you say you know here try every product i have they're all amazing you'll mm-hmm. love them all that's not going to be the case right. like they're going to you know probably just think that you're feeding them a bunch of bs yeah. not like what you're giving them and never come back so with disposable goods like i have it's just kind of like sitting back and with the women here in this community it's um you don't have to pay for you know research and development because they'll just walk up straight to you and tell you what it is they're looking for or what helped them what isn't helping them and so the community here in point pleasant like helped yeah it helped build this business and most of the the ingredients that i use it's all it's natural based and, and a lot of there's not a lot of clinical trials on the type of products that I'm making. It's all anecdotal. So mm-hmm. over the past few years, I've had, you know, hundreds of women giving me all the feedback that yeah. they possibly have on yeah. certain things. And it's like, okay, yes, this is working. This isn't working. Right. Um, and so it's through trial and error and just a lot of really good support from our customers yeah. and the community. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think it's neat too, that, that, Kelsey, you know, she has her thumbprint in terms of uh, skincare and things like that. But Kelsey also, you know, helps Nick, um, you know, flip houses and things like that in the community. Yeah, and cool. I think that's I think that's really neat that that um, you can you can kind of tie that knot between, um, you know, you talked about you were art, artistic and things like that. You know, you you have that you can put that thumbprint on that and and you can put your own artistic spin on some of the houses that you flip yeah. too because i think you've you know you've put that thumbprint on some of the houses that you guys have done haven't yeah you? absolutely yeah i like to um i like to leave some kind of uh usually i'll paint like a mm-hmm. pattern or some kind of mural on on the walls like it, and it's usually like in a closet or somewhere that's mm-hmm. like not too obvious yeah. but like hey you can paint over this if you want to, but if you don't, you can leave it here and let it yeah. be a surprise every yeah. time you open the door. Yeah, um, makes a good story. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. It does. And they're and they're all they're older homes. Um, we usually do one once a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it's been that's been amazing because you have so many other people around here now exactly. that are enjoying it. Um, and it and people like. I love Nick and I, we don't have, we're working for clients right now. And then we have the building downtown. So we don't have an actual house that we're working on, Mm -hmm. but I kind of miss it. Um, because people stop in and check on the progress all the time. Like even at the building downtown, like, I mean, our high school teachers are always stopping in and I'm like, look at these guys. Like we've been out of school for how long and they're still checking in on their (laughs) students to, to see how they're doing. And, and I think that I've learned to love this place so much more because of my business. Yeah. It's, it's opened up so many opportunities for me. I've met so many like-minded people mm-hmm. um, here in this area, across West Virginia, across the region, a lot of other business owners. Um, and they've given me, you know, I started my business without knowing any other, you know, business owner. Um, and now I, I have so many friends that I feel like I can call and, you know, exactly. ask for their advice and awesome. they're always willing to help. And there's, you know, a great community around here yeah. that's willing to, to support people yeah. who want to start their own journeys. Too, yeah. So. And, and, you know, it kind of goes off of, um, you know, 
in terms of matriarchs and, and women mm-hmm. empowerment and things like For that. Sure. You know, man, my head is off to you and Ashley too. You know, uh, you guys are doing what you what you love and what you're passionate about. You know, as a as a public school teacher, I can tell you. Uh, that's what I pump through to my students just because I've seen it, you know, through yeah. you, through Ashley, um, and through other people. Like, you know, we can sit here and push college and we can push all this stuff on these kids. But at the end of the day, you know, um, I always ask my kids, you know, what defines success? And, and yes. success yeah. is such a word. Uh, so many people want to associate that and correlate that with money <clears throat> and, and, you know, being rich and things like that. Mm. And that's not always the case you know what I mean success is to me happiness um I think those words go hand in hand and and you know you I I can tell you just being honest like you and Ashley are are very inspirational people and like I look up to you guys and and I use I use you guys as examples uh in my classroom all the time in terms of um the impact you've made on a small community like Point Pleasant thank you no problem thank you that's very humbling it's truth ditto Ashley and I I will say there's there's so many women um, I think that we're raised with like Appalachian women are known to be like these fierce kind of Mm -hmm. powerhouse individuals I know the women in my family were um, the women in my family were disciplinarians Mm -hmm. so I I have a lot of respect for them um, and I have a lot of hard-working women in my family that you know I look up to and in, in my business is you know I, I learn so much from the people here in Appalachia like I I hope that I can bring some things to the table and and help others too but oh, for sure you know I I learn a great deal from my family here and the women here downtown especially right. the business owners are so passionate and yeah. that's women I think play a huge huge role in society because of that I like agree. you sure, see sure. where if women are succeeding typically they make sure that everyone around knows. them is yep. succeeding and yeah. doing well You're right. um, I don't know if it's the maternal instinct in them but if you look at the women downtown they've made a lot of sacrifices yeah. oh, to be in those businesses 100%. and they're not there to make a lot of money yeah. none of them are making a lot of money they're doing it for their community, community. right 100%. and they love seeing people come in and just the sheer joy that you get you yeah. know when people are walking down main street and there's actually places to go it's, into and makes it now. almost more valuable than the dollar yeah it, exactly it, it's just that like, feeling it's that cumulative value like yeah. i i think for so long in west virginia i was even told you know we're waiting on big industry to come in like we're always yeah. waiting on like and I think downtown, you have these small businesses, and people are realizing like, you don't need just one big fish. Right, like you yeah. can have multiple smaller entities yeah. that you know accumulate and grow mm-hmm. together and have a really big impact. Exactly. That, that's a more. I feel like. I mean, I'm not an economist, but I feel like that's a more structurally sound yeah, local it economy. Is. Yeah, it Rather, definitely I mean, is. I mean, West Virginia, just for instance, how many times have has big industry came in? closed shuttered and then just left town yeah. and then the entire yeah. town is just yeah. shut out a lot yeah yeah i mean to be honest yeah, we you rely know. on usually one one you know yeah and, one plant yeah. well and i think it. i think you know too with this whole thing that we've done together um you know with get to the point and things like that i feel like kelsey and, and ashley and, not, and i'm just i speak on kelsey and ashley because you know i know them uh i know them really well uh, i consider them good friends of mine um, you got a but, lot of good friends. Well, you know, you're a lovable guy. So. I, I love you too, man. Yeah. Thanks for the leg, Pat. 
All right, and the wink made it awkward. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, we've had an effect on... Um, it's funny how the younger generation... I always tell my kids in school, and I always relate this back to what I tell my kids, but, like, you know, I learn from our kid, my kids in class just as much as they learn from me. And I think oh, yeah. the older generation downtown... Um, and the older generation within our community, they've learned a lot from us too yeah. in terms so. of some of the lessons that, that yeah. some of the, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, some of the, uh, I, don't, I don't know, I'm at a loss of words, but. Just um, kind of trial and error. Of, yeah. You know, just, just learning from others' mistakes. Yeah. Just like, and co- or, or, or just their progress yeah. of how they were able to yeah. succeed. Oh, yeah. Primarily maybe con- with technology. The conversation, yeah. like, I don't know what people do in cities. Like, I, I very much love peace and quiet. I live in the country. I grew up in the country. Um, I love it very much. But, like, if you want to have a good time, like, just go to the town hall for a city council meeting. Like, (laughs) it can be the most entertaining thing. But people are sincerely interested in the community. So, like, we have tough conversations. Like, people in this town will show up and have tough conversations. And and that, that, like, shows their dedication to Mm -hmm. this place. And I think all of us kind of want the same thing for the community but like we all have different ideas as to how we're going to achieve it and there's there was definitely a huge divide with the different generations i I knew that like wouldn't get to the point started and i think i think just starting to getting the younger people like yourselves like involved in politics now Mm -hmm. it's been a huge um transition for the town like that's to represent, you know, yeah. people in your generation is, is right. a big deal. And a lot of other towns, like, people aren't, they don't care about politics on that no. level. Yeah. But it shows to people that, you know, people here do have power. Right. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe that, I mean, Appalachia, in part- it doesn't matter what president we have. Like, we have been, this region has been pumped millions and millions of dollars. And it all goes it all goes like out the door to the wrong things. Like the yeah, money comes in, but then when you're, when you see statues in New York being built with money that's supposed to be used in economically depressed areas, like yep. does the money that's coming from a federal level really matter exactly. to us? Like yep. it's all about grassroots movement. And I think our town has shown that over the mm-hmm. past few like so years. Too. And Nick and I, when we, when I started Silver Market Co. and when Nick and I moved back to Point Pleasant, we said we would give it five years. Yeah, we'll give I it remember five you years talking about that. And see, that you know, at the end of that five <clears throat> years, do we want to be here? Yeah. What is ha, have we made an impact? Has there been any change? And there, there's been a huge amount of change. Yeah. Um, and I think that's visible to everyone that lives in this community, and it's because of a lot of different people. Yeah. It's not just the the small businesses that have opened up mm-hmm. it's the people who go to those businesses and support them yeah um oh my gosh like i my business people have taken so many chances on me even like banks and insurance companies mm-hmm. and and i feel like i'm intertwined like my insurance agent stopped by today and was like kelsey like, you have a bill to and i'm like thank you so yeah. much yeah. like <laughs> you know that if i were like, in a big city people would not no, care like they would not care like i there are people in this town that i owe a great deal to because they took a chance on me and yeah. when i first started my business i was excited and i was very naive and i was like here's all these great things that I want to do and I'm yep. going to do. And, and I'm glad that I, I had that mindset, but looking back now, I'm like, 
if someone had presented that to me, I would have been like, no, thank you. Exactly. Yeah. See you yeah. later. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, there is a time for people to just kind of sit back and like cheer people on right. yeah. and, and let them try, even yeah. if they might fail. Yeah. You might as well. Like that time is going to pass anyways. You yeah. have the opportunity. Go yeah. ahead and do it. Give and it a good old college try. Yeah. Why not? And it makes me want to work 10 times harder when exactly. people, you know, put exactly. that trust into me. And Exactly. And the whole story of... Well, your story and the story of Silver Market, I just feel like that's the most Appalachian way that a small business could develop. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, very organic. Like, yeah. literally. You were making gifts. Making and gifts then for people. You found a niche. And then, yeah. on, your own, on your own, without help from any economic development entities, exactly. <clears throat> um, have made a. <laughs> you've created a brand that represents not only our region here locally, but I feel like you you've. You've made something that represents Appalachia as a whole yeah. in what you. you've created. Yeah, I, I agree too. And, and, and for the right reasons, mm-hmm. for for um, environmental protection, for women's empowerment, to prove to other women like, hey, if you yeah. want to start a small business, it's possible. Yeah, Does it yeah. Work? yes, Absolutely. but you can do it. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to just hear from you, like what what you feel Silver Market's impact on our local economy and its consumers has, has been. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, to quantify it, I have no idea. Yeah. And I, and to say that it, I almost, it feels awkward to say that I've had any impact on it at all. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't know because I, I feel like I owe so much to our customers that it's hard for me to say, oh, this is what I've done to you. Right. And you owe me for this. Like, I honestly feel there's no way I could be. I bought a, a commercial building downtown thanks to the women that have supported right. you know this business, and I I think that me having like a physical space downtown that I can offer to these women is a way for me to say thank you mm-hmm. to them. Like this is what your money has done for this town. Like very you have, symbolic. You have one yeah. more yeah. vacant building that's no more vacant. Exactly. And and here is a store that people told me you know go to a different city you would make so much more money if you went here or there and i have struggled and struggled and struggled to to stay in point pleasant to give these women like these are the the people that have Mm -hmm. earned and and have been working to to have these places opened for them um I mean, but I hope it. I hope it shows young girls. Like I have little cousins that that love working with me, and, and yeah. as I said, growing up, I don't remember small businesses. You know, in my town, we we have Gabe like New Haven. There's no stoplights in our town. There's yeah. not even a stop sign. Exactly. You can drive straight through it. I yeah. don't know what the population is, but it's it's tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I have you know a little sister that's you know 18 years younger than me, and little cousins and and. A, nieces and nephews and and i hope that they aren't told the same things that i was told when i was growing up and i hope that they don't see me as as you know i hope they see me as someone who's doing things that they could also do right um it it doesn't take you don't have to be incredibly talented or incredibly intelligent you just have to work hard and have that focus and that desire and that passion to and the do drive, yeah. yeah whatever it is that you want to do um and you know people will see that and mm-hmm. and support you and and hopefully 
you know, make it a long lasting thing. I, I hope it's, that I have a business that I can say to my little sister or cousin or daughter one day, be like, do you want to take this? And yeah, like, exactly. Please, please continue. That. Yeah, you I know, do it's too. five yeah. years in the making, but I think for me, it's, it's hard to, to talk about where silver market company is now because I, I like see what it could be in 20 years. Like if yeah. you just give me like another couple decades, yeah. like mm-hmm. that's where I want to be. And that's the impact I hope to see. And I hope to see us reach out to multiple farmers and have, you know, so many different networks and contracts with other businesses in the future. So I I hope that it it might be a small contribution now. And and I'm, you know, very honored to be downtown with Ashley and Marquita and Monica and all these different people. Um, Yeah. And I, I don't know. That that was probably the, best answer that i th- yeah. think i could have expected so on that i mean it was so humble but I like too. yeah but everything that you like what i was going to say from an outsider i mean you covered that and i agree 100 yeah. percent. um because if not from a fiscal standpoint for a local economy but just in terms of inspiring yeah. and empowering i think there's i think an that's worth that's level worth there. more oh, yeah, yeah i think for a small town yeah like yeah if you mm. Like with Appalachia, like there, there all, there are definitely things that we can say. Well, Appalachian, this, that, but it's definitely like an emotion that I think yeah. people have when they walk downtown, and and you Agreed. see it. Like it, it's it's something that's not tangible, but you see it on yeah. people's faces when mm-hmm. they walk in the door, yep. and they're so excited to have something new in their yep. town and yeah. something just for them. Like yeah. I, I I know our my brand right now focuses mainly on women we're geared towards um products designed for women but we now we've had so so many people asking about men's products and i still make the majority of the deliveries Mm -hmm. that i do Mm -hmm. and i run into customers all the time at my drop-offs and they're just the happiest most excited people and i'm like that's awesome I don't know. Like, yeah. just, I don't know what, <laughs> what to I do, do with my hands. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, just, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's amazing, but I I don't feel like I deserve the credit that people have right. given me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Well, I think you've done great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for what that's <laughs> worth. Yeah. Yeah. For two nobodies. Good job. I... <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, here's a bush light. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think that I am a very like average person well i'm a very creative person i creativity is huge like you know it's everything that i do it it touches all parts of my life but you know find what it is that you love and Mm -hmm. when you have that passion like you'll make it work yeah people forget how important that is yeah yeah especially through our childhood i feel like people wholeheartedly um forgot how important creativity was not only for mm-hmm. for one's well being in for a living but just for preserving the region yeah because like what happens if a town loses its creativity you, you lose yeah. you, you lose your identity you lose your character and I we'd mean, be we'd become pointless unpleasant <laughs> yeah oh that was a, it, art yeah. art brings a lot of joy in a lot of Agreed. terrible times too like you, it does you know, there's in Point Pleasant has this really incredible. I like to call it the underground arts movement that we have in Point oh Pleasant gosh, because yeah. we have so many amazing artists Future episode. here. Yeah, and yeah. it's this very like bohemian, like I 
Point Pleasant is the weirdest town ever. It's so funny. It's a crossover between like Parks and Rec and Stranger Things. I swear to <laughs> it's literally like I, I why did it. I ever want to leave this too. place because it's so entertaining to me. Like the people here are hilarious. There's no short talk. Yeah. Like there's absolutely no short talk. People want to know what you are doing with your life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like they in, in detail. They're very curious, you know, hey, yeah. how's your grandma? How's your daughter? Like they want to know how the yeah. whole family yeah. is doing. So there's no small talk. It's just this one really long drawn out conversation over your entire yeah. life. <laughs> and I, it's it's you know, it's uh, a good thing. Just you, you comparing us to Parks and Rec. Just we had a council meeting last night, and there was about a twenty-five minute debate and discussion and argument about about <laughs> extending port like public restrooms for the general public, and it, it kind of got heated there for a little bit. And, and Cody and I are just like, "What is happening?" Yeah. I, I, I love it. I do too. It's I hilarious. Too. I'm just like, that, put like, the damn porta potty wherever we want it. That, that generational divide is like one of my favorites because I think starting out with like, get to the point. I have a very, I, I, I have, you know, very firm beliefs that are quite different, you know, to most people's here. And I will talk about them. Like I, people will be like, you talk a lot. You have a lot to say. Like, yeah, I do things, you know, whatever. Um, but I noticed like in our meetings and stuff, like there are certain people that I would always like just head to head with mm-hmm. always. Like we just two ends of the spectrum. Yeah. Yeah. And I think over time, it's now becoming like this, there's a sense of mutual respect. Oh, like yeah. Like my end, their end. Most definitely. And it turned into like, we don't want to hear what you have to say to, hey, Kelsey, what do you think about this? Yeah. Do you think this, what do you think we should do here? That's awesome. Like they ask about yeah. it. They still don't accept the they're, advice. Right. They don't listen they to what I have know. to say, but they're like, I'm curious That's yeah. what step you would do here. Yeah. And I'm like, we are, you know, we're going places, That's guys. Awesome. Um, and then the young, like I, my younger cousins are hilarious because I thought I was ahead of the curve. Yeah. Like we, coronavirus has been hard on all parents, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I've had my little sister and my cousins and not too long ago, I had them building a fire. Yeah. Like you girls ever build a fire before? Let's have some s'mores, you know? And uh, I said, are you, uh, are you Girl Scouts? No, we're not Girl Scouts. Yeah. We're just scouts. I'm like. Oh, okay. Get They're like, girl. girl Scouts don't start fires. I'm like, all right, well. All right. We're, about, it, we're about to. Like, <laughs> they, start a damn fire. It's about to get hot up in here. They talk about women's empowerment. Yeah. Like, they, Hell yes. they yeah. are very much aware of these things. Right. And they don't Good hear them, them for me. Like, yeah. I, maybe they do. Maybe they hear some of it. But I think most of it, the kids today have so much access. Yeah. You I know, agree. To the information that's out there that yep. they don't need us adults now. Like, when I grew up, no one talked about feminism. I didn't no. know what that was until right. I got into college. At least in a positive light, yeah. Yeah, my 11-year-old cousins are, like, you know, like, raising their fists for yeah. women's empowerment. Yeah. You know, I'm like, you're, you're like, living out here in Leon, West Virginia. What yeah. did you hear about this, girls? Like, where's <laughs> this coming from? It's it's deep, you know. It, yeah. it, it's there in Appalachia. Um, That's a beautiful thing. It is. It, and in it, the back of her mind, she's like, do the damn thing, cuz. Okay. It definitely <laughs> is. But that gives me a hope. I think that in the next West Virginia is, is an incredible place yeah. to be right now. I, I know mm. there's a lot of controversy and in, in with the presidential elections, there's been a lot of mm-hmm. people that have been divided, especially in towns like ours. Yeah. But like when you look at West Virginia and if you start evaluating the pros and the cons, yeah. 
now we have like people are still talking about coal. Like yeah. I'm done with coal. Coal's yeah, never done like, anything for me. Like I, it, there was never a place for me in that industry. So right. in in my mind, I'm like I'm just gonna pretend like it never happened. Yeah. Know? I my entire grad work was based on you know, Appalachia's economy and ICTs. And now I'm like, I'm going to pretend this never existed. (laughs) And that's how I'm going to run my business. But I, now you have water as being such a valuable resource that West Virginia has. And people are buying land, not for oil and gas, not for coal, now for water. So West Mm -hmm. Virginia is now, we're getting an opportunity where we're about to see this huge boom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to protect the resources? Are we going to, you yeah. know, profit off of it? Make sure that people don't do own. the same things yeah. Yeah, that, know you saying. know, I've done yeah. in the past. Um, but there's also a huge amount of room for, like, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Because there's there's been such a gap where we've been so dependent on coal and coal only and the yeah. extraction mm-hmm. industries that now with technology you have all these different indus- different industries that are viable here in this right. area. Silver Market Company was like the prime example of that. Like, For can sure. I make this work in this small town? Yeah. Well, yes, I can. That means there are a lot of other businesses that can do the same thing that I've been doing yeah. in rural areas like we're in. But Point Pleasant especially, like, you know, I there are parts of West Virginia that aren't as accessible, but we're right here where two major bodies of water meet. We're right right here, you know, with the, the interstate, we're very accessible. Yeah. And I think that then the next, you know, few years, this is a place for entrepreneurship. And if there's a lot of people in their twenties, thirties that had to leave the state forties, that are looking for a way back in. Mm -hmm. So I think in the next five to 10 years, you're going to see a lot of people making their way back in once businesses start once they start hiring and Mm -hmm. and i hope like i i can't stress to people in west virginia and throughout appalachia enough like this is definitely an area that is you know people are looking at this region with Mm -hmm. a lot of potential so either if you're in the area and if you're interested in starting a business do it now do it before other people come in right and and take that opportunity away from you because it, right now it's it's cost efficient to have right. a business here. Agreed. There's been I'm working on my business for five years and I'm just now getting my foot into my own retail space. But you know it's a slow process. It you is. have to be patient. But you know there are different ways around like keep your costs yep. low. Yeah. West Virginia is a great place to do mm-hmm. that here. And so yeah you want to start a business do it now here. yeah i love that so as we kind of wrap stuff up um this is a question that i look forward to asking each person we have come on so what does it mean to you to be appalachian um, i know that's a lot to unwrap but yeah i don't know i feel like i was just born here and uh, yeah. didn't have much of a choice in it yeah i know right um i i i think being appalachian is a very humbling thing mm-hmm. because i most people from appalachia our ancestry you know a lot of us you know have family members that that migrated here we come from a working class background Mm -hmm. a lot of struggle a lot of stripes so i think it's a humbling place i am proud to be from appalachia now um growing up in west virginia was i was not i was ashamed to be from appalachia so 
I think we're we're finally starting to kind of take back our identity and yeah yeah and um, take power. You know, hillbilly, redneck, whatever you want to call us. I yeah. think people in our generation are now like, okay, like yeah, you we're know, over it. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what ti- you're saying. Yeah, ti- you know, ti- time to move on. Like yeah. this is something that we should Times embrace. Are they they are. So I I don't know. Being Appalachian means I think being a humble person, mm-hmm. but also like we're a very fierce type of people like these are people who you know i Mm -hmm. I feel like we kind of sit dormant and i think we have been sitting dormant Mm -hmm. for a very long time and i think now you're you're seeing this next generation not just the next generation but Mm -hmm. everyone in in appalachia starting to say okay we're 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 tired of it yeah and they've had you've had years and years of external you know pressure and people from the outside trying to degrade yeah. people in Appalachia for political reasons yeah. to gain yeah. access to the land and the resources yeah. that we have here. And people are defying that. Like, yeah. I, I know mm-hmm. it's a big struggle because, oh, you know, we're, we're still dealing with stereotypes, but the fact that the Appalachian culture has not actually been completely killed off I due agree. to outside interest is yeah. a testament yeah. to who we are as a people. That's a very good point. Yeah. Man, that's a good Man. point. I've never thought of that. No, I haven't either. Man, this was some heavy, heavy stuff right there. <laughs> I can <laughs> dig it. What a statement. I can uh, dig it. I love that. I can dig it. Man, well, Kelsey, thank you so much for, for coming over to the back porch yeah. <laughs> to hang out and talk with us. Yeah. Uh, have a couple beers. Thanks and, uh, for having me. I don't know why I was so nervous. Like, See, this, I told you. It's, yeah. Just a little conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and the... The uh, 15 minutes of technological issues kind of helped yeah. to kind of break yeah. the ice. It is. What it is. I drink a whole beer. <laughs> so. As we try yes. to figure out our USB ports. Yes. Uh, man. Yeah. So. Thanks for thanks for having me. I I um, yeah. I think you guys are gonna do a lot of great things with this podcast, and you're gonna reach a lot of people outside of just this area. And you have a lot of people listening, and I hope it has a positive impact on them. Well, thank you, Kels. We, we hope so. In worst yeah. case scenario, we. Uh, Drink a lot of beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> and have fun. Listen, so. in this area, it's all about having fun. I think my yeah. my family, if they, the thing that I love about them most is like, listen, time's gonna go by. It's gonna yeah. be hard. It's gonna be slow. But like, have fun. Yeah. You know, get yeah. together, enjoy your neighbors, enjoy your community, drink a beer, yeah. relax. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, so. Wow, uh, what an empowering uh, segment that was with Kelsey. Yeah, that's uh, that was a, that was a lot to unpackage. I'm, it was, I'm, it was. That was awesome. Yeah, a solid uh, forty-five minutes worth of just awesomeness. Uh, so shout out to Kelsey. Thank you very much. Yeah, she's uh, the best. Yeah, for letting us for letting us pick your brain and, and interview you a little bit. Um, but now I want to lead into a segment, man. I'm going to tie this back into. Uh, I'll drink to that. There's a downfall. Um, with Small Town USA, and dude, do you want to know what grinds my beard? What's that, man? Dude, I love small business. I love it when it moves in, but what really grinds my beard is when you have these negative Nancys, the, the negative townies. Karens. The, the Kareens <laughs> <laughs> that want to come in. And and down the business in the first place, yeah, uh, like the first week. Yeah, like when, when the, these people that are just wanting to invest uh, in their town. Yeah, uh, it's like day one. It's like oh, oh god, they'll never make it. There's no way they're gonna last. No, not gonna happen. And then it's like <laughs> my donuts weren't even made here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so 
just to fill you guys in, uh, we had a small, well, it's a, is it a is franchise? It, it's, it's a small franchise. Yeah. I mean, it's West Virginia. It's Ohio Valley based. Yeah. Um, we had a donut shop come into town and, and they ran out of donuts on the first day. Um, shocking that our community would support something. I, I know. Uh, and people wanted to complain about them running out of donuts. Now, I do understand um, the frustration of a place running out, but on the flip side, you have to look at it as, wow, they must have been extremely successful that day. Yeah. Props to them. Yeah, and, th- and this is a small franchise. I mean, yeah. they're, they're typically prepared for larger clientele. Yeah. But... Um, and there's a lot of negativity going on toward it. And it's, you know, it, it was, you know, we have another small donut shop across the river, uh, Daylight Donuts, and it's like, they ran out on the first day, and were they received in a negative light the same way? I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. You, you I, I don't know, know either. I hope not, but probably. probably. This probably isn't it's, something unique no. to here. But so. it, you know, instead of giving something a chance, it always seems as though people, uh, people want to, you know, be the first ones to say, I told you so, yeah. uh, instead of being, you know, one of the many that, that support it. Um, yeah. you know, people strive to be right and I understand, but you know, you're, you're hoping something fails, uh, essentially so you can be right. So that's what really grinds my beard, man. Yeah. Uh, I, props to, props to the store owners that, that deal with that crap. Yeah. Under- yeah. Small business owners, investors, and small communities, we see you. I feel you. We appreciate I feel you. you. <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh-huh. And more people in your community should pr- appreciate you as well. So, man, that, that was a good one. That was a that good was one. A good one. Uh, man, you know what? Mine's not really small business related or anything, but you know what really grinds my beard? What's that? And so, here we are, November 2020, mm-hmm. right? We've been dealing with the COVID pandemic since March. Yeah. Uh, and I understand it's a lot of unknowns and everything. However, the, the what grinds my beard the most is how inconsistent in terms of guidelines and regulations that the state of West Virginia has been. Yeah. Um, so if you're not from West Virginia, um, our school attendance <laughs> and um, secondary school athletics is all dependent upon a map um, that isn't quite as accurate as what the Harvard map would be be per se which seems to be the gold standard for every other state i would compare our state map to um a bob ross easel yeah but it's without the happy little trees without the happy trees <laughs> and without the slapping of the paintbrush uh, and the... yeah 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 shout out to bob ross rip <laughs> R.I.P. um but on top of the map let's let's talk about how Okay, the governor's like, well, if we get a, above a 2% positivity rate statewide, we got to shut down. I think as of yesterday, we're sitting about like a 3.2. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. I don't want to shut the state down. Nobody no, wants to shut nobody the state does. down. But if you're going to say that we need to do something for the, for public health reasons, yeah. we probably ought to do that. Mm-hmm. And the inconsistencies, inconsistencies have carried down even to high school sports. Like, oh, this sport. Uh, well, even if you're in a red or orange county, which is typically a no-no to participate in sports, you guys can play football for the rest of playoffs, yeah. but, uh, well, let's see about, eh, soccer, volleyball, no, these people need to be nixed. Yep, you I need mean, to be done. I'm, I'm sure that there might be some, uh, schools that are affected football-wise on yeah. this. Don't get me wrong, like, yeah. it, will it likely happen? It could happen, but just the fact of the matter that 
there's no consistency across the board. No, I, I agree. I think, you know, and just being a public school teacher and a, and a high school basketball coach, I hate it for the kids. Yeah. You yeah, know, I, I hate it for the kids. What a roller coaster. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, games were canceled throughout the year, uh, regular season games in terms of football. I'm just mm-hmm. speaking in terms of football. Um, and then at the end of the year, during playoffs and things like that, they're just like, ah, you know what? It gives a damn if you're orange or red. It doesn't matter. Come on in. Like, we'll we'll take you in and we'll, yeah. we'll play. Uh, I hate that. I hate that for the kids. And, you know, I'm I'm upset, but yet I'm thankful. You know, in terms of basketball, they they moved us back to start yeah. uh, January 11th. But, um, but at least up to right now, we still have a season, which could still be in jeopardy. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, that's if they don't change the rules in three days like they have with everything else every other week. Right, right. Uh, but uh, just the, the consistently being inconsistent yeah. has just kind of grinded my beard yeah. for the past several months. Yeah, so. it has me too. It has me and too. And I know it's hard and this is uncharted territory. However, we've been dealing with this for a decent enough time that I feel like we could have our bearings at this point. You mean have a plan? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd think something something would have been planned up through now, but... So, um, you know what, I'd like to hear what other Appalachian states are doing right now. I would, too. You know, like, Because, like, we see West Virginia every single day, almost every hour, because yeah. those are the updates that we get. Right. So, you know what, if you're out there listening from Appalachia, let, shoot us a line, a message, yeah. uh, comment on one of our posts, just kind of, like, tell us, like, what... COVID, what the COVID response has been in your Appalachian state? Yeah, um, just because I'm, I'm I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, I'm curious. I, I, like, too. Are we just dealing with Big Jim's bullcrap? Yeah, or are other states kind of dealing with similar stuff? In, well, yeah, in and regards, yeah, to and you know, I know we had some other listeners across the United States. There, we had you know a couple in California and Washington State. Like, I'd love to see any state. Yeah, how's it going there? Yeah, I'd like to see any state that Lord knows you know, the national media doesn't really portray it. Right. Consistently. You know, so. I, I want to see, you know, if there's anybody on the West Coast or Midwest uh, that, that are having, you know, different um, different outlooks and outcomes in terms of school and things like that. I'm, I'm always interested. Yeah. Uh, don't don't hesitate to drop us a line on Facebook at uh, What's Appalachian and um, Instagram, anything like that, you know. Yeah. So, well, man. What a good what a good episode! No, I agree. Uh, it's, I'm, I'm glad we got about six more beers a piece to drink. That's true. Before we can really hang it up tonight. But guys, we appreciate you listening. Yeah. Um, stay tuned for our next episode. We're hoping to start dropping these episodes consistently on Sundays and Mondays um, in the next several weeks. So uh, yeah, still have some good lineups. Uh, yeah. Still have a good lineup for you guys in terms of uh, people we're gonna we're gonna uh, interview. Um, and you know we'll have some episodes in between in terms of you know Gabe and I just we'll just be bull crap yeah just bull crap <laughs> trying to cut down our swearing yeah yeah we'll, I guess we'll, just say we'll, we'll be bullshitting yeah we'll be bullshitting <laughs> so guys thanks for tuning in uh, remember uh, we are on iTunes Spotify things of that sort now so subscribe leave yeah. a review definitely five definitely. stars preferably <laughs> <laughs> guys thanks for tuning in we will catch you next week here at what's happalachian this is cody greathouse signing off along with Lee Roush. see ya